All right, let's stand on the Word of God and we're going to sing it. It's just a psalm and the psalms are to sing, okay? Verse 1 and 2. <clears throat> Y'all ready? I want everybody to participate now. You say, I don't, know the, I don't know it. Just make up a tune, amen? Just sing it from your heart. But uh, how many believe the Lord's great? Say amen. He's greater than your problems. He's greater than the obstacles. He's greater than sin. He's greater than Satan, the flesh, the world. He's great. We ought, to, we ought to praise Him. And one way that you praise Him is you sing Scripture. All right, let's start all together, okay? Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great God? I didn't take a breath on that one, so I was a little out of it. Amen? This has been a rough day. Thank God for you being here. Let's try it again. We'll, we'll try to stay together, okay? Wait just a minute. i got to get my breath. <clears throat> it's been a long life since Saturday, I'll tell you. Amen. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great God? Amen. Now turn to Ecclesiastes while you're standing. If you can find it, standing. Chapter 6. And two verses of seven, okay? And uh, brother, I hope that you received the revised version of my outline. You did? Okay, good. We don't do the revised standard version of the Holy Scripture, but uh, I sent him a little addition, and I think it'll be a blessing if I can read my notes this tonight. All right? Ecclesiastes chapter 6. Y'all want to sing it or read it? We'll read it, Okay. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun. How many can testify to that? This world is despicable and is common among men. It's everywhere. Wickedness. A man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth. Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof. But a stranger eateth. This is vanity and is an evil disease. Listen to verse 3. If a man begot a hundred children, having one is just a blessing, amen, but having a hundred of them uh, and live many years so that the days of his years be many and his soul be not filled with good and also that he have no burial, I say that his untimely birth is better than he. For he cometh in with... He cometh in with vanity and departeth in darkness. His name shall be covered with darkness. Sad. Moreover, he hath not seen the sun, nor known anything. This hath more rest than the other. Yea, though he live a thousand years twice told, yet hath he seen no good. Do not all go to the one place. All the labor of man is for his mouth. Yet the appetite is not filled. What hath he 
Hath the wise more than the fools? What hath the poor than knoweth to walk before the living? Better in the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit, that which has been in the name already and is known that it is a man, neither may be content with him that is mightier than he. Seeing there be many things that increase vanity, emptiness. What is man the better? For who knoweth what is good for men in this life all the days of his vain life, which he spendeth as a shadow? And who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of one's death than the day of one's birth. Ecclesiastes begins to, uh, Solomon begins to see some hope. Look at verse 2. It is better to go to the house of mourning funeral home, than to go to the house of feasting, for this is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. You may be seated. Father, thank you for the good attendance tonight. Thank you for the good uh, group of teenagers back there. We pray, dear God, that you'd bless them and uh, use them, Lord, to minister one to another, and most of all, just to praise your name and, and draw closer to you. Thank you for each club. Lord, it's not a club, it's a Bible study, it's a gathering, it's a prayer meeting. God, we pray that souls will be saved tonight. Lord, thank you for the three that were baptized Sunday. Pray that you'd bless uh, Mandy and Connor and Casey. And Lord, I just pray that you'd uh, help her to get a better job where she won't have to work on Sunday and Wednesday. And Lord, you're able to do that for her. So Lord, thank you for this chapter. Help us to understand it, uh, Lord, and rightly divide it. And help it to speak to our hearts about what life's all about. And we'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice in Ecclesiastes, the theme, uh, Solomon's finally trying to get out from under the sun. And he's looking above the sun. He's looking at eternity. And Ecclesiastes, you can look at life in two ways. You can look at it under the sun or in the fear of God. One of the two. You can be under the sun or in the fear of God. And I'm not talking about the sun I was in all day Saturday either, scorching hot, uh, sweating, and nobody had, nobody had sit down. But I'm not talking about that kind of sun. We're talking about the earthly perspective. We're talking about worldly values. We're talking about uh, Solomon saying, none of these riches and none of this education and all these wives and all this wisdom I've wasted until I realized there was more under the sun uh, there was nothing under the sun that would satisfy me. What I need to do is fear God. Fear God means you reverence God. Fear God means you uh, stand in awe of God. Um, was it Tuesday, brother, we was in jail? I think it was Tuesday. Not in jail, we was ministering in jail. Amen. And uh, brother Larry uh, and I was talking to a young man that used to go to this church. And I, uh, I said, uh, how's it going? He said, well... I preached on faith last night. I said, well, good. I said, why don't you try living it? He looked at me and said, what? I said, hey, it's better to walk it than just talk it. Have you learned a lesson? He said, I think I have, preacher. Pray for me. And uh, so sad that we didn't, our last visit we made, we, we also visited the man that lives right at the end of this road, uh, our driveway across the street, and he uh, knew me very well. He said, I don't remember him, but he remembered me. But we went and saw a man about 80 years old, very sick, 
And he'd been a fugitive for 34 years, and they finally caught him. And he shot his uh, wife or girlfriend, his wife, I think, four times. She didn't die. And then shot the boyfriend, and he died. And I, and I asked him, I said, hey, listen, more important than your court case tomorrow and your sentence, and they'll probably give him enough to die in jail. And he was in a solitary confinement. And I mean, he was this old hard bunk bed, couldn't hardly get up, just sick. Just, uh, just so miserable, and I said, hey, listen, would you like to be saved? Wouldn't you like to know the next breath after eternity? And he says, I can't think about that right now. And I'll tell you something, probably ate up with bitterness, worried about lawyers and worried about judges, and I thought about how, how sad, how sad it is to see a man that age want to waste the rest of his life in solitary confinement. Can't even be with other prisoners. Just sitting there staring at the wall. Lonely. Nobody to talk to. Sick. But not concerned about his soul. But thank God there was a chaplain that's concerned about him. Probably visit him every day. And I believe his love is going to get through to his heart and pray for him. But I want to tell you something. That is a picture of what Verses 1 through 6 is talking about. I want you to see, first of all, without God, life is a waste. Without God, life is a waste. Look at verse 1. It says, There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among all men. You know what he was saying? Evil and iniquity is abounding. And I want to say the signs of the last day, 2 Timothy chapter 3, is that evil is abounding. There's not natural affection. Men with men and women with women is an abomination to God. I was watching the news, and I shouldn't have watched the news right before I preached. I knew I shouldn't. But I was just watching just about five minutes of it to see if there was any judgment on the judge. And I uh, saw that uh, Tushami, what's it called? That hurricane over the water, what's it called? Tsunami. I, that's right. Well, I, was now, I was pronouncing it Indonesian. But, uh, you know, and... Uh, and, and, and all those people dying. And that young lady said, I've lost five in my family. But Jesus Christ is my hope. Jesus Christ is my help. She's crying. She's brokenhearted. You'd be too if you lost five kids and a daddy. But I want to tell you something. Somebody reached that young lady. And I was thinking about all the iniquity that's abounding. All the sin that's running rampant. I mean, that's why we have a security team. You don't even know who it is. We're going to up our security. People are attacking the church today, robbing the church. I never thought that'd be a day. I wish we could leave the door open so everybody could come down the altar anytime they want to, 24-7. But we did that, somebody would steal the altar this day and age. I mean, <laughs> it's still the piano. It's still his bass guitar again. They already stole it once. We got it back with insurance. It's still, hey, I'm going to tell you something. They'd steal the offering if they could. Say amen. And I want to tell you something. We live in a, a, a day where sin is abounding. But on this newscast, they were, the, the, the Catholic fathers were going to meet for a month and try to figure out how they could stop all this pedophile movement in the Catholic church. And this one, one priest had assaulted 20 deaf mutes in Italy so what did they do they switched him over to Argentina 
And they said he was caught with 20 more offenses. I'll tell you what would solve that. That man ought to go, these men ought to go get married, like the Bible says, amen, and not be perverts. And I want to tell you something, friend, that just broke my heart. And I, you know, I know Baptists are guilty of that too, and Methodists, but it broke my heart that that was the news headline for CBS at 635 this Wednesday afternoon of what they're going to try to meet together and try to solve this abuse of helpless deaf people and mute people that can't scream out, can't defend themselves. That's what ought to enrage us, that folks, even in religion, there's iniquity abounding. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it clearly. The Lord's fed up, and I'm going to tell you something. He's hot, and he's coming soon. Say amen. And folks, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if he don't come and judge America if we don't get right with God and judge this world. Say amen. Folks, I mean, uh, unnatural affection. Um, uh, pleasure, uh, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. All these signs of the time. Solomon said that evil was abounding. Let me just say this. It's abounding more than it's ever abounded right now. And I believe that's a sign of the time. False prophets, false religions, iniquity, uh, earthquakes, uh, hurricanes, uh, friend, listen, if you're not ready to go, you better get ready because the Lord's coming soon. He could, he could rapture us out today. Say amen. And folks, we need to have that perspective. We need to live as if the rapture was going to take place before you get home and watch your favorite movie. Say amen. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm just saying I shouldn't have watched that CBS this afternoon. Praise God. I've studied. I've tried to do this... Uh, Get, get this text down and this chapter down, but I want to tell you something. The signs of the time are making the newscast pretty pitiful. Iniquities abounding. Solomon said it this way. Without God, life's a waste. Hey, folks, and then most people are blessed by God and they don't even know it. You know, I, I, told, I told that dear gentleman, 73, looks like he's 100. I said, God's blessed you, buddy. You got caught. Now you can hear this chaplain every day hound you with the gospel. Isn't that a blessing? He looked at me like I was the craziest quack you ever seen in your life. What? I said, I'm saying it's a blessing for you to be here. What did you, you know, he just couldn't believe that we'd want to give him the gospel. But I want to tell you something, friend. Love's going to reach that man. We need to love the criminal. We need to love the blessed. People are blessed by God and don't know it. Look at verse 2. A man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor. If you've got anything, it's from God. Amen. My wife was having a hard day today. I'd run her ragged with all my stuff that I'm getting together for tonight and, and uh, for the retreat. I put a lot of time, a lot of work, uh, building 26 books to give out. It's just a lot of work, and she, she's my secretary, and boy, she's wore out. And somebody knocked on the door right before church, and it was her. She said, put a smile on her face. Gave her a little energy to come to church. You never know what just a little act of love means to somebody. In this day and age, we shouldn't eat each other's case, and we shouldn't get down on each other for this or that. We need to encourage one another. 
We need to love one another. We're the church of the living God. We need to stay together during this dark and dismal time. And folks, we need to be blessed by God and know it and give him the credit for it. Amen? Look at verse 2. It goes on to say, So that he wanteth nothing for his soul, all that he desireth, yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof. What good is a food if you don't have an appetite? And what good is the blessings of God if you don't have God? It really becomes God's. And folks, he realized he had nothing. The person had everything, but he didn't have God, so he had nothing. I mean, we're coming to a great part of Ecclesiastes. Now he's looking above the sun. He's looking above the clouds. He's looking at eternity, and he says, Hey, I've had everything, everything that I could desire, yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a strong stranger eateth it. This is vanity, and, is, and it is as evil disease. Folks, I want to tell you something. If you got your health, you got a lot. You can take another step, another breath. There's something to smile about tonight, whether uh, I, I don't think there's one person smiling right now, but I, I, there's something to smile about whether you smile or not. I smile by faith a lot. This is, this is the night that I could have slept in. Amen. I mean, I literally, I got up at 3 o'clock this morning and started studying and started working and uh, couldn't sleep. And, uh, and, the, and to beat it all, we're remodeling the house, and it looks like uh, Tushami's come through it. Amen. <laughs> A tsunami, you know. And, woo! You know, when things out of place, you don't know where you're at, praise God. You know, you can't go to the bathroom because it's being remodeled, you know, and that's been going on for months. And uh, I thought to myself, I wonder if I was a regular member, would I come tonight? <laughs> I, I, I thought, I wonder if I'd really come. I wonder if I'd just skip, you know, and say, praise God, I'm so dead. So y'all pray for me because it might not be energetic, but I'm just going to be sincere. A person has everything, but not God. He really has nothing. Even long life is futile. Look at verse five, 4. For he cometh in with the vanity, and he departeth in dark. And his name shall be covered with darkness. What does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? I don't mean to bring that gentleman up, that murderer, was found guilty, got his sentence today, didn't he, brother? And he'll never see, he'll never see outside of a jail. He'll die in jail. But I said, hey, listen, I'm gonna tell you something. After you die, it's when it's what's important. He looked at me again, like, what are you talking about? I'm just worried about what I'm going to have for supper, you know. And, 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 and I could tell he just didn't want to talk about that. But I want to tell you something. If I'm going to stand on a hard concrete jail cell, and if Brother Larry is, we're going to talk about eternity. And folks, listen, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his soul? And I want to tell you something. We, just, we, we serve a, a Jesus that will, will, will save a murderer in a jail cell. Amen? I believe in that. I mean, if he's repentant, and he has faith, and he comes to the end of his cell. But I want to tell you something. He won't even discuss it. Futile. Futility. Folks, listen. Even a long life is futile without God. Look at verse 6. Yea, though he live a thousand years twice told, yet hath he seen no good, do not all go to the one place. And I'll tell you something, folks. They don't just go to one place. They either go to hell or heaven. 
And life really begins after, the, after death. We need to prepare for eternity. We need to live for eternity. So the first point I want to give you is this. Without God, life is a waste. Second of all, without God, cravings can never be satisfied. Cravings can never be satisfied. Look at verse 7. It says, all, listen to this, all the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. Folks, listen, workaholics apart from God is useless. There's no lasting satisfaction. I used to just get a thrill out of being able to work. I still like it. I still do some things I shouldn't. My, my wife panicked and called Brother Travis yesterday. He thought, she thought I was going to try to do the whole thing by myself, and I was. And then after I saw what was involved, I said, thank the Lord somebody showed up and knows what they're doing. But I want to tell you, friend, listen, I, I love to do something. Amen, don't you? If something's wrong with Brother Howard Turner, he's still working. I saw him the other day. I thought he was going to get on the roof and help the roofers put a roof on his house. Amen? It's good to work, but I want to tell you something. Apart from God, it's useless. Look at verse 7. All the labors of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. Look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, please. Matthew 16, verse 25. Y'all please pray for me as I preach. Sometimes I feel like I'm not communicating, but I'm going to preach anyway. Verse 25 says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. What an enigma. Folks, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You must lose to win. You need to lose yourself in this world. You need to realize, folks, is that um, God wants us to work for Him. God wants us to be His servants. Mark's been a wonderful chapter so far, chapter 1, I'm still in it, on, on describing the servant, Jesus Christ. Warning not to use the senses to determine good life. You know, look, look at verse 9. It says, Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire this is also vanity and vexation of spirit. Folks, listen, you need to realize that you don't need to live by senses. Uh, what looks good. No, it's, if it's in this Bible, do it. If it's in this book, it's right. It's not what seemeth good to man. It's not what thrills your senses. Uh, it makes you feel good. Even the Garden of Eden uh, the Bible says in verse 6, it appeared delightful. See, the devil is a master deceiver. He takes natural desires and he tries to abuse them. Folks, there's a natural desire to have an intimate relationship with the opposite sex and then they abuse them and have some, some uh, regulations where you can't get married to prove that you're some holy father. God, help them. I would never be smiling if I was in that group, say amen. Because I, th I thank God for my wife. She's my best friend. I love being with her. We're going on a couple's retreat. I'm glad I got a wife that'll back me up with a smile, even though she's heard the message 1,500 times. She says, that's, that's, that's the best you ever did. She's already practicing that. <laughs> Woo! It's good to be married, say amen. All you single guys, get with it. But I want to say this. Folks, thank God for a good mate. Thank God 
for lasting satisfaction. Eve had paradise, so that proves that education and environment and legislation will not bring justice to our world or pleasure to your soul. It has to be Jesus. Amen? It appeared delightful, she said. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 16, the, what took, uh, tried to t- took Satan out of heaven and what tempted um, Jesus in the garden. It's 1 John 2, 16, and it's what tempts you every time the devil's predictable. You can see the strategy of Satan. Here it is, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. Look at it. This will be the greatest defense. And maybe this is why the devil's fighting this message so much. He don't want you to hear this. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's pretty pungent. But here it is. This is how the devil's strategy is. We need to know the strategy of the enemy. Say amen. I mean, all these teams cause... They, 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 uh, char, they, they spend thousands of dollars on spies. They're not called spies. What are they called? Scouts. Scouts. Amen. Scouts. And they go and scout every team. The Falcons uh, uh, scouting every team, giving up five, 50 points a game. You know, that ain't working. Amen. But listen, listen, friend, I'm going to tell you that all these professional players, they want to see their enemy. They want to know their opponent. They, they spend many times... I've heard of coaches skipping church on Sunday to watch film for eight or ten hours right after their loss on Saturday night in college. That's ridiculous. you got a whole week to scout the team, but they're going to take all day Sunday in the film room. That ain't right. But I want to tell you something. We ought to know the strategy of Satan. And here it is. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. What got Eve? She looked, she lusted, and she had pride, thinking she'd be her own God, and she was in paradise with God and wasn't satisfied. The depravity of man. And folks, listen, I want to tell you something. We need to realize without God, our cravings can never be satisfied. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. The alcoholic will want another drink. The drug addict will want another uh, hit. Uh, Folks, listen. uh, The prideful will want another accolade. And the rich man wants another dollar. And folks, that on and on and on, our lust will consume us. And it will kill us. And overtake us. And so, folks, without God, your cravings can never be satisfied. Look at verse 9 again. It says, What profit hath he that worketh in the in that wherein he laboreth. And then number three, real quick, only got four points, and I'll be very brief tonight. Only God can explain the mysteries of life. Look at verse 10. The Bible says, I have seen the travail which, which God has given to the sons of men and to be, to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. You know what that's saying in clear, plain, hillbilly language? You can't trace God, you must trust Him. I don't know why babies die. I don't know why these little babies in the cancer ward down in Atlanta, they have no hair and and they're sitting there uh, pale as a ghost and they can't, they're spending their formative years in a hospital. I don't understand that. 
I cannot conceive that. Folks, I, I, I guarantee you, I don't understand it. I don't understand this movement that if you don't want your baby, just go ahead and kill it, that it's not a human being. You've got to take that up with Jeremiah because, folks, he was called to preach in the womb. John the Baptist leaped in the womb. And Jesus did not cease to be a human being when he was in Mary's womb. Amen. And folks, I want to tell you something. Life begins at conception. Don't you let anybody say it. It doesn't. But I want to tell you something. I don't understand how a mama could do away with a precious baby. A daddy could endorse it or pay for it. It's wicked. I want you to see in verse 10, it says, in verse 11, He hath made everything beautiful in His time. Also, He hath set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work of of God maketh from the beginning to the end. Verse 12 says this, For I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and be good in his life. That's one of the greatest things Solomon has said so far. He said, you know something? You'll never, never explain tragedies and problems of this world but God is greater than man and God is greater than your wisdom don't trace God trust him only God knows the future so it's senseless not to trust him folks we should trust the Lord Jesus Christ and those that do not trust the Lord Jesus Christ they'll end up destroying themselves look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 24 Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24. I appreciate y'all listening this this afternoon. It's a very big encouragement to see y'all here. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 24. The Bible says this, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statues, to fear the Lord our God, for our good always, that He might preserve us alive as it is at this day. Folks, I want to tell you something. God's will is precious. God's will is a blessing. And folks, to be in God's will, folks, listen, if not, you will even destroy yourself. Narrow is the way that leadeth unto destruction. Wide is the way that leadeth unto destruction. Romans chapter 1, the Bible, I want you to look at these verses about man left to themselves. Man worshiping man. Uh, humanism is the world's fastest growing cult in America. People are just not anything. I heard the other day I was checking on a guy that left a certain denomination and, and the person was telling me about that he hadn't turned or repented from sin, which I thought he had, and said, he's notified me that he's nothing now. Used to be Baptist, used to be Church of Christ, now he's nothing. You know, folks, that's a sad commentary of what will happen when you get away from the will of God. You get away from the Word of God. You just become nothing. You don't believe in nothing. You believe in yourself. You believe in what you feel and you see in your sense. But, folks, I want to tell you something. We need to believe in God. Amen? We need to rejoice in God. But look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. The Bible says this. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. And unrighteous is a man who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Look at verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world 
is clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. When I was up in Alaska, I often, everybody was going ooh and ah and all these glaciers and everything, and I always tried to put in a witness. I said, you know who made that big old piece of ice? I said, God made it, amen. You know who's preserving us right now on this big old ship? God. They all looked at me like I was Looney Tune crazy, amen. Uh, it's awful to see the world's perspective of worshiping the creation but not worshiping the creator. Amen. John Denver, Denver was the world's worst Rocky Mountain high fever or whatever he used to sing, sitting on a log worshiping the bird. A moose. A deer. God help. God help. Did you used to do that Larry Reimer when you was a swamp fox? I don't know. But, you know, God help us to worship the creation than the creator, amen? God put us together. God made this beautiful world. Folks, this is the most beautiful country in the world. I think this is prettier than Alaska around here, amen? These are beautiful mountains that we, we live around every day. Lulabalo, I said, how do you like America? He says, I love the trees. I said, you love the what? He said, I love the trees. And he was just looking around enamored by our trees. I said, you haven't even seen the color yet. But these are evergreens. You talk about these are pine trees. He says, we don't have trees in our country. We go up and down this road complaining about the road being rough. Look at this. He said, he said God's going to reveal it to you without excuse. Verse 21, because that which they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Isn't that the summation of chapter 6? Blessings, children, all the things that God blesses us with. And then we don't glorify God. Then it says this, Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts was darkened. Listen to this, Professing themselves to be wise, they became what? Fools! And changed the glory of His incorruptible God into the image made like unto corruptible man, and to the birds and the four-footed beasts and the creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Look at verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the cre creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to a vile of affections. Listen to this. What's vile affections? What's vile in God's eyes? For even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. Lesbians. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the of the uh, woman, burning in their lust one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving to themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Folks, you can't argue with God. That's abomination. And it's, it makes God sick. And how could men go that low? How could women go that low? I won't call them ladies. They're not gay, by the way. There's nothing joyful about them. They're miserable, miserable. We used to be afraid to preach this because we're afraid we'd lose our tax exemption. Well, go ahead and take it away. I'm preaching it. It's wicked. And folks, man left to themselves can go further down than you ever thought they could. That's what the Bible says. Now, if you want, if you want to argue with somebody, you argue with God, not me. Amen? This ain't no legislation debate. This is the Word of God, and there is no debate about it. Good night. 
Look at this. It says this. Where was I at? Men working with, you know, okay, verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain, God gave, uh, retain their knowledge, God, listen to this. And they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. That fellow kept saying, I can't talk about him. I can't, take, I can't talk about God. He's on a death sentence and he's dying in a solitary confinement and he can't talk about God? Who are you going to talk about? That's how hard the heart gets. Now, I'm going to close it just about 10 minutes let you out early. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. Man left to himself becomes reprobate. Look at verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Oh, you know, they say, hey, don't, don't put God in politics. God ought to be over politics. Don't put God in education. God is wisdom, and he ought to be over all education. And some people say, don't put God in church. Well, it's his church. He's the subject of the hour. Amen? Look at this. It says, God gave them over to reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignancy, whispering, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Does that describe America today? I never thought we'd get this wicked. I never thought we'd get this hard. I never thought we'd get this cold towards God. I never thought that I would live in a day where we live in an anti-Christ America. Post-Christian era. You might not want to admit that, but that's what the general populace is. And folks, we are to be the light. And we're to get some wisdom like Solomon and say, hey, listen, God has put eternity in my heart, and I'm going to live for God. And I'm going to praise God for every blessing. And I'm going to be thankful. Notice right in the middle of this terrible, terrible list of sins without understanding covenant breakers. Does anybody keep their word anymore? Look at this. Without natural affection. I think natural affection is a mother loves a child. Amen. Matter of fact, a mother loves a child too much. She loves her child more than she loves herself. She would probably give her life. When the apple pie runs out, the kids get it, and Mama says she's not hungry. She's probably more hungry than anybody at the table. She cooked the thing. But she loves her children. That's natural affection. Say amen, Tony. You got a house full now. It's good. Be scriptural, multiply, be fruitful. Buy a van. But anyway, listen, listen to me, listen to me now. I can't understand why mothers kill babies. I can't understand it, and I'm not going to endorse it, and I'm going to preach against it as one of the most abominable sins in this country. Without natural, implacable, just out of control, unmerciful. And then here's the bottom rung of the evolution. And left to yourself out of the will of God, who knoweth the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, they don't fear God. 
but listen to this, but have pleasure in them that do them. Entertained by sin is the last straw. The last straw before the rapture takes place, I believe, is the de-evolution of man to the extent that they're entertained by sin. The movies are wicked. The TV is getting wicked. The commercials are wicked. The general popular talk of the day is wicked. I mean, I'm amazed that young teenage girls can let her rip with this, unvul- this vulgar language of theirs. Thank God for our children that are trying to stand for God and, and, and be holy and love God and take a stand at their school. But folks, the general population is wicked. They have no respect. They have no regard for God, and they're entertained with sin. The number one movies are true life stories of serial killers today. Jesus is coming. Ready or not, he's coming. And as Brother Billy Goosby preached behind this pulpit, and boy, is he hot. Amen? I don't think it's going to be long. And that encourages me. And so let me just say this, friend. In verse 13, 14, let's finish the chapter. Back in our chapter. It says, also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor is a gift of God. Now, I mean, Solomon's really waking up now. He's saying, hey, listen, I'm so tired of six chapters of um, uh, just, uh, just, you know, being... That was chapter 3, but it says in verse 11, Seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? Who knoweth what is good for man in this life? All the days of his vain life which he spendeth as a shadow, for who can tell a man what shall be after him unto the sun? Let me just close by saying this. The wisest man's getting wise and saying, You ought to put your life in the hand of the one that holds everything together and the one that knows the future and the one that knows what's best for you. Our Father cares and God knows. This will date me, but my favorite TV program when I was coming up was Father Knows Best. Jane always came to the Father and he had great, sensible, great advice. Now today, fathers gone gay, queer, and they're making fun of God. And they're advising Jane to go have an abortion. Where are we at? And folks, the conclusion of the whole matter is the only source of joy, the only source of joy, It's easy to let idols capture the affection of the heart. Solomon shown us that we must abandon the foolishness of believing that anything or anyone other than God is grand enough to bring deep and lasting joy. There's nothing on the, under the sun that brought him joy. He was the richest man that ever lived. He was the wisest man he ever lived. 
and he had so many wives, he couldn't keep up with them. Maybe that's why he's so sad. He saw the credit card bill. But anyway, folks, listen. He had everything because God blessed him, and he said, you know something? I'll just, I'm going to outline this thing, the last, the last slide, brother, we're going home. First of all, in verse 1 and 2, he says, the despicable me. The despicable me. How miserable is a man who has everything but is powerless to enjoy it. If you've got life without Christ, you're not living. You're existing. Say amen. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's sad to see these rich people blowing their money on drugs and trying to bail their kids out of jail. Nobody can truly enjoy the gift of God until they enjoy God. It's a despicable thing. You know, listen, enjoyment without God is entertainment. We live in an entertainment society. If you don't believe it, ask the movie stars how much money they make. Ask the ball players how much they make. I won't preach against that too much. But you ask, you ask the ball players. I mean, I don't think anybody's worth $100 million for five years. Amen? I mean, what? I can't even count that high. They can live off the interest the rest of their life. And then they pout like a baby when they don't play every game. And then number two, we see the desperate me, verse 7 through 9. When appetites drive you to, to saying there's just no hope. But I want you to see verse 10 through 12. We see the decisioned me. He makes a decision and says, I'm not content. I can't understand. Only God can. One day I'm going to die. It's better to have a good name. It's better than pressure ointment. And the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. If you're right with God and you've been saved. It's better than one's birth. And he says it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. For this is the end of all men and the living shall lay to heart. Every, every funeral I preach, I use that as an invitation. But you're brought here to decide whether you're going to serve God. Who is your Savior? He's your Creator. He's God. And it takes big courage and big faith to walk away from the systems of this world that you trust and turn to the Savior. Are you walking through life with Jesus? Or are you being walked through life by bad values and crushing decisions? Are you letting Jesus guide you day by day and lead you in every decision? That's what my prayer is for my children. I do not want them to be on their own. I want them to be possessed with God's wisdom. Let me close with this verse, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I think it, sum up, it summarizes what Solomon's finally waking up to. Look at it, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. I appreciate y'all being here tonight because some of you look as tired as me. And I shouldn't be tired. It's a lot of miles. Look at verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labored and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. What kind of rest? 
Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Soul rest. There's nothing like the peace of God. There's nothing like being right with God. And there's, and there's nothing so lonely and tragic and futile as being out of the will of God. Going home and getting bitter going home and getting mad, going home and trying to get rich, it's futile. Look at verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's the final thought of this whole chapter. Are you in his yoke? Are you trying to pull the load by yourself? You're not saved. You're on your own. You're out of union with your Creator. How in the world do you think anything's going to go better? You might as well just try to make as much money as you can, but that money's never going to satisfy. And I want to tell you, friend, we live in a day and age where if you go over to the mall and sit, which all the stores are closing up, you probably won't see any people. There's some sad jokers walking up and down those halls. I used to think it was a fun to go to the mall. My wife, my wife, my, my wife loves it still. But my mother never went shopping. But when she took me shopping, I thought, man, this is a free rule and reign for me to do whatever I want to do and go anywhere I want to go. And I, I loved it. But they, this day and age, you go to the mall and everybody looks like zombies. And they're sad. And I want to tell you something, friend. You go to the places that you think would satisfy. And I don't care if your team wins 38 to nothing. There's people that walk out with no hope, no destiny, no joy, nothing. And only thing that gets them up is some temporal thing like a team winning. I used to be right with them. I'm glad my team wins. Don't get me wrong. I hope they don't lose anything. But Thank God that we can yoke up with him and he carries the burden let me ask you a question in closing how many are burdened for America how many burden for your family how many burden for your loved ones that won't even come to church they don't even have it on their calendar they don't put God first their children will grow up with the crowd. And the children are going to grow up with the, with the septic flow of downstream. No hope. No perspective. And what they need to realize, give me that first slide, Brother Cody. It's either under the sun, under the sun, worldly point of view, or in the fear of God. It's your choice. You can just go ahead and be, life is futile out of the will of God. And the will of God is for you to be saved. And the will of God is for you to be sanctified. And that last verse says, even satisfied. Aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you glad that you can do something eternal? I'm so excited about tomorrow night, I'll be able to stand before couples and give them God's plan for their marriage. Some of them are hurting. Some of them on the verge of divorce. 
Some are isolated, some are sad. But I can give them the word of God and say, this is the plan of God for your marriage. This is how to raise your children. It's not that I'm so, some expert. Not that my children are perfect. But we got the perfect manual right here for marriage and life and raising children. And praise God, health and wealth. Praise God, even the heartaches and pains and agony of this life. We have the hope. And that little old lady, that little old uh, Indonesian, as she was interviewed by CBS, it, it caught the reporter off guard so much, he about swallowed that microphone. She, she said, but I praise Jesus Christ. My hope is in Jesus. She didn't say Allah. She didn't say God. Because anybody can be God over there. She said, I praise God that my hope, my heart is broken. I love my children very much. I love my daddy very much. But I praise God for Jesus Christ. And I thought to myself, CBS, you wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> you wasn't ready for that interview. But praise God, the whole United States of America. So a little lady, I lost five in her family. Praise God for Jesus Christ. I hope I'd have the same testimony. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this chapter. It's been a delight to study. I know I haven't, or I don't feel like I've, but I preached against trusting your feelings, didn't I? Lord, I, I don't feel like I did it justice. I don't feel like I got the message across, but Lord, would you use your word? Would you speak to our hearts about who's carrying the yoke? God, could we, could, we, could we just realize that you're the one that's your feet's touching the ground and ours is not even touching the ground when you're pulling the load? There's only one set of footprints in the sand. Lord, the times that we feel like you've forsaken us, you're carrying us. And Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank you for God's people encouraging us today. We thank you, dear God, for the little things that mean a big, a lot of things to us. Lord, for the little gestures of love, the little signs of kindness, the little words of respect. To see the teenagers get saved Sunday. Make it public they've been saved. Well, those things are eternal. They ought to thrill our soul, and we ought to be praying for Connor and Mandy and Casey every day. Lord, forgive us for the iniquities abounding. But God, help us not to endorse it. Help us not to join it. And help us, dear God, to run to the shadow of the Almighty in this very dark and dismal day and have the joy of your presence because, Lord, you said in your presence is fullness of joy.